Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. As always, I am joined by Brooke Destra. We have more Flyers hockey to talk about, more all-season chatter. Uh, But first, let me ask you, Brooke, soon-to-be birthday girl. Her birthday Uh is Friday. Uh, Happy birthday, Brooke. Everyone out there, please wish Brooke a happy birthday. But Brooke, how are you doing? Hi, Jordan Hall. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> you know I was going to bring it up. I had to. I know. I know. I should have never mentioned it. <laughs> um, no, I'm doing really great. A uh, lot, of, lot of positive things to talk about hockey-wise, but also not really complaining life-wise either. So, yeah. you know, in those aspects, what more can you ask for? Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, and Brooke, we, we had a chance uh, to hear Travis Konechny talk on Thursday he addressed the media in his end-of-the-season uh, interview. And obviously, this is the guy that did not score a goal in the NHL's return to play 2014 tournament. He went goalless in 16 games, which was super surprising. That's the guy that led your team in goals in the regular season. He led the Flyers in points as well, had a breakout year, and then he just went quiet in the goal column. Uh, he talked about that and uh, various other topics as well, but obviously the big thing was what went wrong with Travis Konechny goal-scoring-wise? Brooke, what was your biggest takeaway from hearing Konechny speak on Thursday? Yeah, well, I had mentioned this a few weeks ago that I initially thought that Konechny was injured mm-hmm. because of just his lack of performance and showing up in these games. And, you know, he admitted first, on the, first thing on the call today that, you know, he was fine. And if I'm being honest, that's more concerning than an injury because when you expect your top player to move into the playoffs, you expect him to show up even in a small capacity and he was invisible. So it was definitely interesting, but I mean, now it's kind of in the past. We have to look ahead, but before we do, what was one of your biggest takeaways with connecting today? It's funny you mentioned that because I feel like there's kind of two sides to the whole he was healthy thing. One, like you said, it is a little troubling that he says, hey, I was not hurt. It's almost like everyone among Flyers fans probably wanted to hear that maybe he was dealing with something and that's why he was not himself. Far from it. But at the same time, you wonder, he's a hockey player. Uh, Everyone, I think, is banged up, especially during the playoffs. He took that shot to the foot. Uh, in game two of the Canadian series, um, and he was asked, did that hamper him? And he said, honestly, no, not at all. 
It was obviously it hurt him uh, for several days after that, but he said it did not impact or uh, factor into his play. Uh, you wonder if he's just telling the truth, being a hockey player and just saying, hey, no, I was fine. But deep down, maybe he was not himself health-wise. But I guess we'll see. I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, or I guess we'll never know, to be quite honest. But regardless, I think the overall theme for me, Brooke, is that he is 23 years old. It was his first extended playoff run of his career. And I think pressure got the best of him, and that's okay. Um, I, Elaine Vigneault said it the other day that he thought Konechny definitely started pressing a little bit, and then what happened was it kind of opened him up. It made him make kind of poor decisions with the puck. He was trying too hard, and then all of a sudden he's hurting the team in the 200-foot sense. Konechny did not do that during the regular season. We have talked about that a ton, that he was really a complete guy, made all the right decisions, did not kind of have those uh, you know, mishaps in his game that we, we saw over his first three years. But um, I, I'm not too worried about Travis Konechny, but I do think the big thing will be, uh, can he do this in the playoffs? That's going to be you know, the next playoff run for the Flyers. There's going to be the spotlight on him because everyone's going to remember that, that big zero from, from 2020 playoffs. So there's going to be some pressure, and I think he's going to have to answer about it. But I'm not overly concerned, Brooke. He's 23 years old. Um, he was in his fourth season, had a breakout year. Um, do you have any concerns about Travis Konechny? Oh, my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> I expected that answer. And I, I don't think the Flyers have any concern either. That's why they signed him to an extensive contract last – well, basically during training camp of this previous season. There's complete faith in Konechny. And like you said, he's 23. He's only finished his fourth season in the league – you kind of have to just let the younger players figure it out. And that's actually something that you touched on um, in a column with NBC Sports Philadelphia today, too, following Konechny's um, media, where you started to talk about Nolan Patrick and how we should expect him moving forward if you asked Konechny about that. So why don't you elaborate on that? Because it's a lot of good stuff and you'll do it more justice than I can. <laughs> no, I appreciate that, Brooke. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, something we asked um, Travis Konechny on Thursday was um, expectations for first round picks, young players, these first round picks that really enter the league at a pretty young age. Konechny came into the league as a 19 year old. Um, Nolan Patrick, same thing, came into the league as a 19 year old and then obviously had a ton of pressure being the second overall pick in that 2017 draft. So we asked Travis on Thursday um, how important it is to be patient with these young players, these first-round picks who come into the league right away and maybe experience some hiccups, experience some hurdles. They don't, uh, they don't see their game translate right, right away. And we've seen that with a number of Flyers' first-round picks. Scott Lawton was a first-round pick. really took a while to kind of finally become the player that he is today in terms of knowing his role, what works for him, what doesn't probably took him about five or six years. Sean Couturier was a guy that came into the league right away, Brooke, uh, 19-year-old, and didn't score over 40 points until his seventh NHL season. Uh, now he's a Selkie finalist. It can take some time. He's a Selkie I, winner. Sel Selkie winner. Uh -huh. Selkie winner. I, knew, I knew you would catch me on that. That's what I love about that. Yep. And I'm glad you did. <laughs> Selkie winner, excuse me. And I know Flyers fans are probably shouting that from the mountaintops as well. But – uh, the, it can take time. It can take time. And obviously, Nolan Patrick's situation is very different. Uh, he's dealing with a migraine disorder. Obviously, it's not a physical injury. It's something with a little more uncertainty. But 
let's remember Nolan Patrick turns 22 uh, in September this month. And there's, you know, there's no reason to give up on this kid yet. Uh, the team has uh, contractual control over him. He's going to be an RFA this, this all season. He's going to get a new deal. Uh, there's just no reason to just kind of walk away from this kid. Just give it some time. Let's see how next season goes. And I think Konechny uh, could attest to that, right, Brooke, that he was a young player who didn't figure it out right away, didn't, have out, didn't really have his breakout in tier – until this season, which was his fourth year in the league, didn't really gain a huge role in the team until this season. It takes time. Let's be patient, right? Yeah. I mean, I think one of my favorite parts that Konechny had said today is that you've seen Nolan Patrick at his best. Mm -hmm. And it's really just glimpses of the future of his career. And how can you not be excited for a player that young with the talent that he has just because he has a few, like the migraine disorder right now, that will hopefully be figured out in the future. I hope for his sake that it does as well. But there's just so much to look forward to with Patrick. So just give it a little bit more time because there's going to be a lot of doubters and haters for Patrick saying that he's a bust. He is not a bust and they are going to magically disappear whenever he gets back onto this roster. So I'll leave it at that. I love that. Love the tone. And Travis Konecki even said it on Thursday that Nolan Patrick, uh, once he gets healthy, uh, that's the most important thing is getting him ready to rock and roll. And he said that Nolan Patrick deserves to be up there with all the guys that were picked around him. I thought that um, said a lot that Konecki saying, hey, this guy can play. Uh, let's just be patient with him. Let him figure out what he's figuring out. And then we'll see him when he's ready to rock and roll. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, but first, the U.S. Open returns to NBC as the world's best golfers take on golf's greatest challenge. Watch Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, and golf's top names play live from the historic Winged Foot Golf Club. Coverage begins Thursday on Golf, NBC, and Peacock. Brooke, speaking of the expectations and the pressure, Konechny obviously felt a ton of pressure in these playoffs. Uh, both he and his head coach admitted that it looked like he pressed a little bit as the playoffs were on and as that big zero was in his goal column. Uh, understandable. Young player, wants to perform. Speaking of that whole pressure and expectations, if we had to pick one forward, or if you, Brooke, had to pick one forward, that – you think has probably the most pressure and expectations around them going into next season. Who would it be and why? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Because I think that every single forward should have some sort of expectation moving into the following season, whether they're coming off of a career year, you know, it's difficult to top that. Or if they have, if they struggle throughout their previous season, obviously that's something that they want to redeem in the following so I want to say I'm going to lean toward James Van Riemsdyk mm. just because I feel like we didn't really get the player that we expect from him this previous season and a big part of that is because he wasn't used correctly in the lineup but also he does have a very heavy contract with the Flyers it kind of seems like he's an oddball in Vigneault's system. And again, there's also 
looking forward to the expansion draft moving forward, they're going to start looking at these players and who they want to protect and who they are willing to basically offer up for this draft. So honestly, getting 40 points out of him was great. He had 19 goals, 21 assists. So for what he was given, I think he did a really great job. But you also know Van Riemsdyk at his best. And he is supposed to be that top goal scorer, always on the leaderboard. So that's what I hope to see from Van Riemsdyk next year because there's so much more in his game. And I hope that that's kind of figured out moving forward. So lots, lots of different elements for Van Riemsdyk. What about you, Jordan Hall? So true that you said that there are every forward will have expectations. That is absolutely spot on. Every forward will have expectations. And gosh, JVR, that's a good one, especially before that expansion draft uh, after next season. Um, great pick. For me, I'm going to go Claude Drew. I know that might be an obvious one, but um, I just think it is a big year for him. I think everyone, of course, Flyers fans are already kind of putting a microscope on him in this offseason. And I think the microscope is going to be on him, per usual, uh, next season. And if you think about it, the clock is kind of ticking on him, obviously. Everyone is wondering, um, can, he, can, can he still perform? Can he do more in the playoffs? Uh, can he lead this team, um, still put up points, all of that fun stuff? Uh, he turns 33 years old in the middle of next season. Um, and then, obviously, it's the second to last year of his contract. Um, which I think there's going to be more and more talk about as we get closer to Claude Drew actually getting near free agency. That's kind of crazy. It's crazy to think about him possibly in another uniform. It's crazy to think about him uh, possibly leaving this team. Um, that contract was obviously a big one. And uh, he is, he's the longest – he's the current longest tenured athlete in Philadelphia. So I think it's notable each season now getting closer to that free agency window for him. Uh, we will be watching him. I think fans will have – of course, they're always going to put pressure on the captain. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking at Claude Drew. I think just given his whole playoff performance, uh, scoring one goal in these uh, playoffs, um, and obviously he's getting closer to that big free agency window. So I'm going to go Claude Drew. Oh, I can't believe you even mentioned Claude Drew and free agency in the same <laughs> sentence. That makes me sick. <laughs> I've basically grown up – watching Claude Giroux. He's one of the key pieces of why I fell in love with hockey growing up. So I don't even really remember Flyers hockey without Giroux. And he's really just a franchise player through and through. He has the potential to top many different leading um, top 10 boards for Flyers franchise history, for games played, for assists, for it's just, it's insane, the kind of player that he has. And I really hope and pray <laughs> that he ends his career in Philadelphia because you, you look at his career and I know I'm kind of going on a tangent right now, but it, he's really just an incredible player. And I feel like he's always been one of the most underrated athletes in Philadelphia as a whole across all four major sports. And I'm just going to take a minute and give him the credit that's due because he's incredible and he's going to leave a lasting legacy 
for the Flyers organization, and his number will be in the rafters one day. You can bring it to the bank. Yes. That, that, <laughs> that 28 will 100% be in the rafters one day, and he's definitely going to go down as you know an all-time great Flyer. He's going to be up there with the likes of Bob Clark, Bill Barber, um, you name it. And what's the one thing kind of missing from his time in Philly is, of course, that Stanley Cup. And that's damn not, Cup. <laughs> that is not an easy thing to win. It is not, um, especially in this city, a city that hasn't seen the Stanley Cup since 1975. So that's not all on Claude Drew, but, man, if there's one thing missing, uh, that's it. And, and obviously some longer playoff success. The team has not had a ton of playoff success uh, during his captaincy. That's not on him, but, of course, people are going to note that. And, because uh, it's a one-player game, right? Exactly, right? It's, a one, it's, all, it's all on one player. It's all on the captain. Yes. Nobody else matters, actually. <laughs> exactly. Womp, so, womp. <laughs> I think there is absolutely something to be said for staying in one city your entire career, especially in Philly. We know how demanding the city is, and it's great that it's demanding. It should be demanding. We love that passion from the fans. But, man, it would be really cool, Brooke, to see him stay in Philly his entire career. But I think these, you know, next season – and then the following season, going to go a long, long, long way determining whether, you know, where he is in his career, what his next deal will be. Does he stay in Philly? Does he leave? Man, it's going to be a crazy time. But Claude Giroux, if you're somehow listening to this, please stay in Philly your entire career. Rookie is starting the petition. She's writing it now. I'm actually looking <laughs> at her writing it. Um, but... Visit your Philadelphia area Cadillac dealer today and experience the ultimate in iconic luxury. Brooks, sticking on the expectation and pressure theme, why not? We love to do this, um, but we're going to change it up position-wise. Defenseman, what defenseman has the most pressure and expectations in your mind going into next season? I am going to lean with Ivan Provorov, hmm. which is – I feel like an interesting choice given the success that he had this season, but I really do credit a lot of his confidence and growth this year in part with his defensive partner, Matt Niskanen. He finally received that kind of veteran, the quality veteran presence on the blue line. Let me rephrase that one that was able to help him grow and really find himself in the league. He, his first two seasons in the NHL with the Flyers were incredible. Last year really felt like a setback. But this season, you saw the capability of just everything he is as a player. And you know that he's a machine. He trains like crazy. He does he has not missed a game in his career, and I'm knocking on wood right now, everybody. <laughs> Don't you worry. I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> but I would really like to see him take that next step and not have to rely on a leader but become one himself because he has the potential and he has the play caliber to become a Norris Trophy candidate in the future. And that's obviously what you want. Imagine having a Selkie winner, a Norris trophy. Don't even get me started on Bezanella Carter Hart because that's going to come too. You just want to be able to build around all of this talent on the team. And I really hope that he does take that next step forward as well. And it's not, I'm not discrediting his work this past season either. He's fantastic. I just know, and I'm aware of his mentality too. 
that he always wants to be better. And I think being a leader will be the next step for that. I totally see what you're saying, Brooke, in the sense that you're not discrediting what he did. He had a great year this season. He really did. But I see what you're saying. Eventually, there's not going to always be a Matt Niskanen, right? There's not going to always be a Justin Braun or like an older veteran to kind of release him. Eventually, he's going to have to be the guy. And yeah, it would be really cool to see him kind of take that next step all of a sudden be in the Norris uh, trophy conversation, all of a sudden be in the conversation as one of the better defensemen in the league. And um, yeah, next season will be a big one in terms of kind of starting to etch his name into those conversations. And kind of sticking on what you had to say, my pick, I'm going to go with Matt Niskanen. Look and at that. Yes, there we go. And in the way that he's going to be on the last year of his contract, um, he's going to be turning 34 in December. And so obviously it's a contract year at an age where people can start to think, is that player in decline? It's just natural. Uh, he's 34 years old. Heck, even the Capitals probably thought when they decided to trade him, obviously a lot of that was for cap reasons. They wanted to clear some cap and uh, allow them to sign some of their other players. But deep down, you probably thought that they believed he might be in the decline. He might not be the same guy. He comes to Philly and he's great. He's great for Ivan Provorov. He has one of his best seasons um, and he totally helps the Flyers in all situations. But I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to show that he is not in decline, that he can still hack it, he can still play in all situations, and it's going to lead to where he might go next season. Do the Flyers bring him back at his age? Does another team want to pay him? How many years does he get? Um, I think it'll be a big year for him to really show that he is still that guy, that still reliable guy at 34 years old. So I will go with Matt Niskanen on that one. And Brooke, kind of sticking to the theme of expectations and pressure, but we're going to kind of twist it into a new question. Something that surprised us this year. Uh, Sometimes we have people meet our expectations. Sometimes we have people that just flat out surprise us. Did anything theme-wise, player-wise this year surprise you? So I have two because one wasn't necessarily a surprise. I feel like it's been a surprise for many others. People really expected Kevin Hayes to fail. They wanted him to come to Philadelphia and be a terrible player. Bring the heat. Let's go, Brooke. Boom, boom. (laughs) I sit here and I am just so happy that he is a flyer because he shut up all of the haters within his first month of being here. And he became such a vital part to this core so quickly. And it is Philadelphia, Jordan. You know that. Fans are so difficult with liking new players. And he he does have an extensive contract now. So people were scared with the money, with the length of the contract. But you know what? There's no haters now, right? He had one season to become – in many, many people's words, the worst free agent signing in years for the Flyers to a fan favorite. And while in part a lot of that has to do with the chaos he has being mic'd up on the ice because he's a character, his play also backed it up and his performance essentially game in and game out. So, haha. To all you Kevin Hayes haters, I knew from the beginning that he was going to be great, but nobody likes to give new things a chance. Yes. Mic drop. I like that. That was, 
it really is crazy to see how Hayes won over this city. And you're right. There was a lot of hatred. People were dispute on that, on that new contract. And let's be real. There's going to be more expectations for him, for Kevin Hayes. It's a seven-year contract. So, yes, year one was victorious. It was great. Uh, and there will be more pressure. But, man, I'm glad Philly got, just gave this guy a chance. Get, gave him a chance to get to know him as a human, get to know him as a teammate, and get to know him as a player. He was a great – he was just great in so many ways for this team. Uh, Brooke, did you have another one, though? Yeah, I just wanted to shout out Brian Elliott, too. There we go. <laughs> because he only had a one-year contract, and it, it, his future is kind of up in the air right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Flyers are going to sign him again, though it's very clear Carter Hart would like that. So listen to your future – franchise goaltender at Flyers, (laughs) but also he was playing to prove something that he still has gas left in the tank at his age. And, you know, other teams around the league were probably looking at him like, wow, he could be a very solid backup goaltender for our organization. So that should almost scare the Flyers because right now I don't think they have that many potential backup goaltenders going into next season. So lock him up because it's clear that when you utilize Elliot in the right way, he is going to be sensational. So I just also wanted to give kudos to Brian Elliott because he's also a player that falls under the radar a lot and I'm giving him recognition. He deserves that recognition. I, I was be honest. I was definitely a little worried about how he would perform this year just coming off his first two seasons as the Flyers, they were kind of marred by injury um, with his age and, and having injuries in that hip region. We know what that can be like for a goalie. And he more than answered the bell. And, yeah, he has set himself up pretty well for his next contract. And we're going to see if that's in, you know, with the Flyers or if it's with another organization. That's a really good one, Brooke. Um, Thank you. <laughs> for me, I'm going to go – I will go a little kind of offbeat here, but I'm going to go in terms of Elaine Vigneault and his personality. Uh, I did not know that Vigneault could kind of be as jovial and fun-spirited and lighthearted as he is. Um, I think the city fully embraced that. I think they really like how he can be fun. He shows his personality. Um, I always just got this perception of him during his time in New York as this tough guy uh, that, you know, doesn't really connect with you or the city on like that human interest level. And I thought he really did. Um, I did not know he had that much personality there's a ton of French Canadian in him that we love and um and he was fun he was he's been really fun to be around he's been fun to talk to for us media members and I think the fans have really uh embraced that in him so I did not know he kind of had that to him personality wise I knew he could coach I knew he was serious I knew he meant business I did not know that about Elaine Vigneault so that's what I'm going to go with I mean I couldn't have said it better myself I don't think anybody really expected his love of martinis coming right? into the season. All of a sudden, but, he's saying martini after every post game press right. conference. <laughs> after a win, I'm having a martini. Okay. But <laughs> it's really great because even though you have that lighthearted side of Vigneault, you're still able to respect him immensely, and he commands that in a locker room. So I think that that's just such a wonderful thing for the Flyers and such a great change of pace to what it's been in years past. 
Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. Now, Jordan Hall, staying on theme with last season, what is one thing that really met your expectations this year? Like, right across the board, you're like, yeah, I expected that, and they, they delivered. Yeah, so I'm going to stick, Brooke, I'm going to stick to the Vigneault theme here. Now, while he surprised me with his personality, um, he did not surprise me with his track record in year one. I think that's what made him so attractive to the Flyers was that he had a track record of producing immediate results in year one. Uh, at his three previous stops, and they are no joke uh, markets, uh, Montreal, Vancouver, and New York, those are big-time markets for hockey. Uh, and in year one of all those three stops, he had taken a team to the playoffs. And not only that, he had won a series in each of those year one uh, results. It's pretty impressive, and he did it again with the Flyers. Um, I wasn't sure exactly what to expect in terms of where the Flyers would finish, how quickly they would do it in this season. But he got them on the track, uh, the tracks pretty quickly. It, you know, really, right after October, uh, they had a so-so October, but November they picked it up, um, and then they really got going after the new year. And what do you know? They're in the round robin. They go in, they win the round robin, and then they're the number one seed for the first time to start the playoffs uh, since 2000. And then they win their first series, and Vigneault does it again. He has now won a playoff series in year one at all four of his stops. I think that's pretty impressive. That is not easy to do. Heck, the Flyers did not win a playoff series for the last seven seasons. This guy has done it in four years at each of his stops. Pretty impressive. That uh, did not really surprise me. I, I, I knew about his track record, and, uh, and he met those expectations for me. Brooke, how about you? I can't believe it was 20 friggin' years since the last time the Flyers were first in – I, I it hurts. I was three. <laughs> you know, the Capitals have done that. You know, that, that was kind of like what they did right. um, when those years were really good for them, you know, in yeah. the five or six years. Like, they were winning president's trophies and stuff. Like, that was something they did. Flyers had not done it, Brooke, for 20 years. Crazy. Basically, I grew up with the Capitals being top in the Metro yeah. and then the Penguins knocking them out in the playoffs. Yeah. And the Flyers was... were nowhere to be found. <laughs> That's what I grew up with. That, that is so. – not great, and we're glad things have turned for you. you know? I have thick skin Yes, because of the Flyers. Let me tell you that. Yes, you do. <laughs> but one thing that really kind of met my expectations this year was, this is kind of a broad comment, but it's the team as a whole. Because you're coming off of so many different changes from the previous season to the off season. We had a new head coach, a new GM, different looks behind the bench, free agent signings, your young goaltender having well, it, what would have been a first full season, great core players, and a lot of youth. So I expected this team to do exactly what they did this year. And I had them going to the second round of the playoffs. Yep. And granted, when they started winning, I was like, maybe they can push a little more out of them. But they did exactly what I wanted them to do this year, was to prove that they are improving and that they are trending in the right direction for the first time in a long time. So, yeah, thanks for meeting my expectations, 
2019-20 Philadelphia Flyers because y'all have given me headaches for the past, well, my whole life. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a nice change of pace, um, but it's definitely, it's really, it's good. Good change of pace. <laughs> no, you did. You, you, you had high expectations for this team. You, you believed they would get to the second round. And not a lot of people can say they thought that because um, a lot of people did have question marks about this team because they hadn't done it in a while. Um, and I think that's why the overall theme with this season is that, yes, we get it. The Flyers fell short in game seven. They did not win a Stanley Cup. But, man, they took some serious, serious positive strides. And the outlook now looks pretty, pretty darn positive. I'm uh, excited for the following season. Yes. I can't tell you the last time I felt that way, genuinely. Yes. So I think that really says everything you need to. And granted, I'm part of the younger generation of Flyers people. You know, if you're older and you were around for 1975, I wish I was. <laughs> right. But I feel like there's a lot of people who have lost hope entirely because it has been so long. But I'm a pretty optimistic person. I put that forward on all my social media accounts. I believe in this team because I have to. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, if you don't believe in anything, who are you? Right. <laughs> but I want them to do well and I want them to succeed. So I believe that they're trending in the right direction. Yeah. People think that success from a season only comes with the Stanley Cup at the end. That's not necessarily the case right now. They've won on so many other levels this year and they're going to build off of that. It's not going to be done. So, and we know we know in Philly, they, you know, everyone's a hard critic. Uh, you know, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. They they expect a lot. And and the theme of this podcast was kind of pressure expectations. And Brooke, as positive as this season was, we know there will be pressure and expectations on the 2020-21 Flyers because now the bar is kind of set at Game Seven of the second round. And I think people are going to expect them to be right there. And then taking the next step. And the next step will be, hey, Eastern Conference final, start contending. Um, and I think that will be the ex expectation for the Flyers internally. I definitely know it will be the expectation for Elaine Vigneault. The guy has not won a Stanley Cup. He's been to the Cup final twice. He wants to get there. It's, it's not about winning series or, you know, having positive strides. But ultimately, it comes down to getting that Stanley Cup. And there will be expectations for these Flyers. Well, Brooke Destra, thank you as always. Enjoy the birthday. Thank you, and, Jordan. And thank you for everything. Uh, special thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer. And Flyers fans, this was your latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Fans, wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.